Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. This is David Hogan coming to you from Moody, Alabama, a little suburb outside of Birmingham, Alabama. And I am the recovering carb addict, like many of us out there. Um, This is a quick take episode. Um, You're always welcome to call in on any episode, but I don't even push it on a quick episode. But if you want to, it's 563-999-3460. Let's get right to this. Um, yeah, we still ate out, but not a whole lot. And let me explain that. Um, you know, we had three strapping boys. Uh, my oldest son is 42 years old and my youngest is 32 years old. So when they were growing up, Um, I remember when the last one got out of the house and I looked at my wife and I was like, how come we have more money? (laughs) We both laughed and it takes a lot of money to feed your family, especially, you know, my oldest is uh, six foot five and they're all big boys and um, it, it just takes a lot of money. So we didn't eat out a lot when they were growing up. I mean, we we did out occasionally. We were blessed that uh, my parents would take us out to eat for a family dinner, and we always enjoyed that. And so we tried to continue that by taking our family and uh, grandkids out to eat. And it it can be a little hard with low carb, but what we what we have come to the conclusion of now uh, understand my wife is keto i'm keto vor so it's you know i have to think a little harder when i'm going out to eat and you can't always go to just a steak place uh when you have to think about your family and the wide array of different kind of foods everybody likes uh, now, don't get me wrong, you know, they all get a kick out of me uh, when they do something, and I'll jokingly go, well, if you ate a proper human diet, you wouldn't worry about that, and they all start laughing. So they know I'm low-carb. They respect it. They don't try to tempt me, but we've made up and just go ahead and know that when we go out, they're even working real hard, which we're going to talk about this in a second, uh, when we go out, we're going to get some carbs, and we're going to get more than we'd ever get at home. Now, consequently, my wife and I don't go out to eat a lot by ourselves. We just don't unless we're traveling. We like what we eat at home. We we like to cook. It's not hard to cook, even when we were eating all the crap and having to have 90 boxes to make some kind of dish. We enjoyed cooking, but it's now real easy to cook a good steak or 
cook up some bacon and eggs or things like that. So consequently, as far as my wife and I by ourselves, we don't go out to eat much. But we will go out with our family and try to make that a once a week, once every other week occasion where we can all connect or or have them all over. But we're not talking about having them all over. We're talking about eating out so your choices are limited to where you go. Now, last night, uh, we all went out to a Chinese restaurant. And my family's been going to Chinese restaurants for years. My mother, before she passed away, used to love to go to Chinese restaurants, and it's always a buffet, uh, everyone we ever went to. Uh, now, you know, we've done some takeout places that are in, they're not a buffet at all. They're mostly takeout and maybe have a few booths to dine in. But we always went to these large buffets, and it was no exception last night. All the way down to the, the little granddaughter who loves to get her uh, Thai-type noodles and things like that. But there's a wide variety. So... Uh, it's a great fellowship for our family. Uh, there are choices there that if you uh, search and don't just start loading stuff on the plate in these buffets, you know, you can do okay. Uh, what I did, I immediately went in search of protein. Now, right off the bat, I found a chef in the middle of a surrounded buffet, and it was uh, mostly raw meats and fish. And I'm not a sushi a sushi person. My wife is. She loves sushi. I don't. Um, to each their own. Uh, and I thought it was like sushi. And then I realized when I saw the cook, and he had a grill in the middle that, you know, you told him what you wanted, and he would grill that raw meat or fish for you. So, you know, I I head to there, and the first thing I ask him is, uh, okay, what kind of oil do you use to cook this in? He said vegetable oil, and I walked on. Now, that's a personal choice of mine. I don't like vegetable oil. I I don't like any kind of seed oils. I think they're terrible. That's a whole other show. So uh, there were still five more tables with the sneeze trays of food to pick from first thing i did was get a salad they had a nice salad i know a lot of people are scared of salads they feel like that's probably an item that doesn't get cleaned as good as it can but this place um our county requires restaurants to post their health department score and they're very stringent about it. So we knew this place had a good health department score. You can see they keep the place very clean. So, you know, that's you just have to weigh out whether or not you're going to get a salad. Uh, I, I only mention that because I know a lot of people say the drawbacks about, you know, the salad made them sick. But anyway, that was the first plate I got was salad. Then I went on my protein search and... And I knew all these, one of the things you got to watch out in the Chinese is all the sauces they put on everything cause, uh, and the breading. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll have chicken and fish and shrimp that is heavily breaded, but they also have some that's not. So I immediately found some boiled-type shrimp, 
uh, that had been peeled and deveined and everything. So I got some of that, and I had an ample amount of it. Um, and then I started looking for other things. There were your standard mugu guy pan, Mongolian beef, uh, with bro- and beef with bro- broccoli pepper steak. I settled on uh, Mongolian beef, beef with broccoli. The only thing I didn't like about that is the sauce. And so I, when I dipped into the tray, I, I tried to get off the top where it wasn't just covered in sauce. So that was one little trick. Um, and then I went on a search for other meats. Sadly, um, a lot of the meats in Chinese food are a little like flank steaks, thin cuts. They're they don't have much. They're very lean. They don't have much fat at all. They did have some ribs, and they had hefty amount of uh, meat on them. But the problem was they had just drenched it in sauce, and I knew that meant it was going to be a sauce loaded with sugar. Uh, so I kept searching, and, and I found some non-breaded chicken. And so I loaded up with that. That was very good. Uh, so that was pretty much what I did. Now, uh, what what happened, normally when I eat at home or I have a steak somewhere, I, I don't see a insulin spike hardly at all. Um I know I'm going to get an insulin spike if I go out to eat and get around some carbs, so we try to prepare for it earlier in the day. So earlier in the day, I had no carbs. I mean, none. I I had bacon, uncured, uh, no sugar. Um, I had a hamburger patty. Uh, I didn't even have cheese. So, I mean, so that's one of the tricks that I try, try to do is to – you know, keep it low. Well, when I got home after we all ate and had a really good time, enjoyed my grandkids, my sons, uh, it was great, good fellowship. Uh, I checked my sugar, so that was probably 45 minutes after I stopped eating, and it was 154. But here's the nice thing. And you may think, oh, wow, yeah, and yeah, it was a spike. And I normally don't get a spike because I hardly eat any carbs. But a year ago, a little more than a year ago, if I'd have done this, I would have spiked, um, even with that, even with not trying to keep the carb amount down, I would have spiked unbelievably. But he, And if I was trying to keep the carb down, I would have spiked higher than what I spiked at around 150, but it would have stayed there for hours until I injected some Humalong fast-acting insulin. I don't take any insulin anymore for mealtime. I do take a tiny bit that has been I've been weaning myself down uh, with the blessing of my endocrinologist over the past year, um, I'm down to 15 units of long-acting trisibia. Uh, I take absolutely no mealtime humalog, and I used to take up to 80 units of that. And I used to take 40 units of long-acting. So I used to take 120 units of insulin a day. So that's that's gone. 
Uh, I I got bread out of my diet two years ago, started cutting desserts out about a year and a half ago, and I went keto uh, at the beginning of this year, and not even two months into that went ketovore, and I've kept my carbs uh, to started out below 30 total carbs a day. I don't play the net carb game. Um, and now I do around 20, and I very seldom even hit 20 anymore. So, um, okay, I hit 150, but 30 minutes after getting home, I was already back down to 112. By the time I went to bed, just shortly thereafter, I was at 106. That would not have happened a year ago, and it certainly wouldn't have happened more than two years ago. I'd have been having to take a huge amount of insulin. I would have had to have divided the number of carbs I had. And my insulin carb formula back then was the number of carbs divided by three to get my uh, insulin unit dosage. And I can assure you, if you're loading up with rice and all the other stuff at a Chinese buffet, you could hit over 100 carbs easily, very easily needing somewhere between 30 or 40 units of insulin to compensate for that to bring your blood sugar down. And we all know the problem with that is, you know, the, the very thing that makes you fat insulin, you're giving yourself to bring your blood sugars down while the insulin's floating around your body, um, going into your sending uh, glucose into your liver, in turn going into your fat stores, just the never ending cycle. So that's what happened with the Chinese. Uh, I'm real grateful. It, it did spike up, even with me trying to keep the carbs as low as possible. That's hard to do, and we're going to move on from the Chinese outing. Um, but I go in search of protein and fat. Uh, sadly, there was not a lot of fat to be found in anything um, a- at all. You know, um, I-, I did get some asparagus, ve- veggie-wise, and broccoli by itself that didn't have sauce all over it. But um, it, that's one of my tricks is I always go in search of protein. Now, that always brings us, which is why I say we eat out, but not often. We're, we kind of honor our low-carb lifestyle, so that means when we go out, we look for meat or, or breakfast. Now, you know, we have a place down here in the south. I don't know if I've got them up north or not called Waffle House. and It's just a, a, anybody in the south knows about a Waffle House. They're always open. So my wife and I can go in there and get eggs, omelets. We get an omelet called an old-fashioned, which is cooked in butter, no oils at all. Um, we ditch the potatoes. Uh, we we stay away from that. We also have a place here uh, where I'm talking about chain restaurants called Cracker Barrel, and you just have to be careful. I, I'll get a steak there, uh, or sometimes I'll get a chef salad, or I'll get breakfast. And again, ditch the carbs. Yeah, but you got to be careful because they'll do things like um, they're liable to have um, hamburger steak. But if you load that up with gravy, flour-made gravy, then you're going to get some carbs. 
you may think meatloaf's a good option, but then remember, it's not just meat. It's meatloaf. It's a loaf of all kind of stuff. So, you know, if you search Cracker Barrel's meatloaf, you're going to find some carbs in there. So we go to steakhouses. Now, steakhouses, there are definitely plus and minuses in steakhouse chains. Um, number one, the very first thing we do when they come up to take our um, order at a steakhouse, there's so many of them want to bring you that bread. They want to hook you with the bread, and we just stop them right off when they're asking for drinks. Don't bring any bread. Um, we usually order a steak, and we get veggies, asparagus, broccoli, uh, some choice they have like that. I always ask them, and they always accommodate, if I could have uh, some extra butter when the steak comes. Um and I even ask them if they have garlic butter, and a lot of them do. Um, so, you know, we're getting our steak. Now, that doesn't mean we won't get a seafood. So we like steak houses. Um, how good they are, how well they cook a steak, as you well know, ranges from ones that are excellent at it to local places that have been doing it mom and pop for years. Uh, other places we lead out are meeting three that we know the people their family mom and pop meeting three they will usually accommodate things if you ask you know in small ways like you know i asked one could they offer some chicken without all the breading uh could they offer some just plain old roast beef, things of that nature, and they were happy to. They just did it in a small thing. Now, I don't ever want someone to not make a profit. That's what they're there for, and they have to serve the people that want all that stuff. But it never hurts to ask. Uh, I ask respectfully. You know, so that's what we do. But, um, you know, the meat and three places are very good. Now, when I go to a meat and three, I watch out for sauces gravies, and I'm very careful about casseroles. Now, I love a casserole. I make a lot of them with keto, but normally our casseroles are cheese and, you know, heavy cream and sour cream and cream cheese and things like that. So I actually ask them what's in it. And since I usually know these people, you know, you know people by talking to them, being nice, and interacting with them. They're happy to tell me what's in the thing. So, you know, that's one of the things I do. Um, and then as far as other eating out choices, um, we really don't do a lot of fast food at all. If we're traveling, we have to do fast food or go through a drive through window. Uh, we usually pick burger places and get a no-bread option or Arby's with no bread. Uh, Subway has footlongs that they'll put in a bowl. You know, we're learning the tricks of the trade, but one of the things about eating out that we find is you've got to ask, and sometimes you have to ask the manager. Um, we all know how hard it is for places to keep employees that started with the COVID epidemic and um, how they went to employees one right after another. And so the person up at the drive through window or at the cash register, may, I have asked for no bread 
And they go, we don't do that. And I go, yes, you do. Would you please get the manager and they'll show you how. And I say it nicely. I don't say it with a condescending attitude. And sure as heck, the manager comes in, even shows them often now all these places have on the menu a no bread option. So, you know, you have to ask. Um, The low-carb lifestyle has made some unbelievable strides, especially in eating out. But it still seems like you got to ask. I've, you know, the metropolitan, you know, I'm in a suburb of, Birmingham that's out in the country, um, but the Birmingham metropolitan area does have right at a million people. Now, I know to people in big, major Chicago, New York, that is nothing, but I've yet to see a keto restaurant, or even it says keto alternatives, even with a million people around here, but we're making strides. What my wife and I have found out is you got to ask. Um, again, we don't eat out that much. Uh, we like making our our steak and our eggs and our burgers and our salmon and things of that nature. We know how we like it. Um, we know what uh, how to flavor it and spice it up and do things like that. But when we do go out to eat, uh, we've learned the little uh, tricks to, you know, see how it comes out. And we always test after. We we test our blood. You know, we wear continuous glucose monitors now, which I just – we'll have a show on that. They are so wonderful. Um, you know, I, I've heard the kinds. I hear people go, well, it's not the same as a blood glucose meter. No, it's not supposed to be. You know, blood glucose – a blood glucose meter is uh, measuring your blood from a stick, and a continuous glucose monitor is uh, measuring interstitial fluid. So they're two different things. The the glucose monitor is going to run a little behind a, a glucose meter, and what I use it for is trends. Uh, you know, if if I'm 20 units off on my glucose monitor from my glucose meter, I don't care as long as I know how far off I am. What I'm looking for is the trend. Am I trending up? Am I trending down? Did this food drive me up? Did I remain stable? That's the beauty of the continuous glucose monitor me, not to sit around and have a duck over the fact that it doesn't have the same reading as your glucose meter. As long as the differences between the meter, the glucose meter, and the glucose continuous glucose monitor remain the same, the difference is okay. You can still watch the trends. So that's what we do uh, when we go out. We're not going to quit going out. We're not going to make our family go to just the restaurants I've recommended. Um, you know what? If they just have absolutely nothing that I feel good about eating, I can use that as a time to fast. I can drink my water or unsweet tea. And trust me, living in the South and drinking unsweet tea and not adding something to it 
will get you some of the strangest stares in the world because we just all grew up on sweet tea. And that's okay. I, it doesn't bother me if people stare at me all day long. They can even talk about my tea. I don't care. Uh, I'm a big boy. I don't worry about what people say about me. And in fact, what people say about me ain't none of my business. So we try to turn eating out into a pleasurable experience. We don't get all whiny about why don't they have this, why don't they have that. We nicely ask the servers for things, and the servers are usually great at accommodating it. So that's, I hope, a few things to think about uh, when you're eating out. I hope you enjoy eating out. I hope you break bread with your family and friends, and you stay true to your healthy lifestyle. Hope you have a great weekend. I want to thank you for listening. And we'll see you for our weekly next Thursday. Have a great day.